It's Thursday, 4 p.m. Central. I'm Fred McMurray, which means this must be... Hey, welcome back to another episode of Pillars of Franchising. Hello, how are you? I'm good and happy Friday Eve, my almost favorite day of the week. Tomorrow would be the favorite, but this is second favorite because we've got the show going on. Today is January 26th. We're coming to you today with a couple of fantastic guests, but before we get to that, let's talk about some other fun stuff going on out there in the franchising world. Let's do. We've got a couple of things to talk about. Um, lots going on, traveling as usual, it seems, um, and more to come. But first, um, I thought we would talk about the uh, trends coming up in 2023, and Entrepreneur put out a list of the top 15 franchises for under $25,000. Do you see that? I did. And as a matter of fact, you know, as somebody that helps people select their franchise investment, their franchise future, so to speak, um, I am always interested to see which ones they list. Um, and it's interesting because many of these, you know, in our travels and in the networking and things we do within the franchise industry, we typically go out and we meet with the franchisors and the intent behind that and all the crazy travel that we've been doing is so that we can understand not only who, if they're still around, if it's the founder of the company, what are the values, what kind of candidate they're looking for, really kind of start to build relationships with the brand so that when I have a candidate who says, well, you know, I think I want to be in, in this case, we'll use um, home improvement or home services. I'm like, oh, I know the great, a great brand for you. And within this brand or you're within this umbrella, so to speak, there are several different brands we can talk about. And so that's why we do a lot of traveling. And um, this past week was absolutely no exception to that. And um, we'll talk a little bit more about one of those um, umbrella brands, as we call them. But for now, when I looked through this list with you, I was surprised there are some franchises in here that I had not heard of before. And then some other ones that are really big players. So I thought instead of going through the list of all 15, I talk about a couple that um, we've either had on the show, give them a little shout out. So if people are interested in that brand, there's a previous episode you can go back and check out. Go to closeofranchising.com, pull up the brand, and you can find the interview and um, hear for yourself what the interview was like, the people who run the company, um, and see if there's maybe like a personality fit or something that you hear, lifestyle fit that you're looking for. Um, so the first one I want to talk about, and again, these were um, investments of under uh, $25,000. And um, I will tell you that with many of these, while they're listed as that you can start for under $25,000, um, there are things to consider. That does not mean that every single territory you buy with them is going to be under $25,000, right? So the first one I'm going to talk about with you is JanPro. JanPro Cleaning and Disinfecting, commercial cleaning company. Their initial franchise fees, according to FDD, is $25,000. $120 up to $44,000. And the reason you see some of these discrepancies, again, depends on the market that you're buying, how big of a territory you're buying, 
And so again, because entrepreneur tells you they're under 25,000, you really have to make sure you understand what that means in this particular program. Uh, it also does not mean total investment. These are initial franchise fees. So don't forget that you've got to have some extra capital laying around to make sure that you can do your build out, make sure that you can get any licensing that you may need. Obviously keep your business going for, you know, at least when you think you're going to break even, kind of plan for beyond when you estimate break even so that you've got a cushion, of course. So JamPro was one of the uh, top ones that we looked at. Um, the other one that was on there that we had talked to before here, which is a great one to take a look at, is Brightway Insurance. Um, we did have them on. Um, another one I found that was interesting, it, it is not, it's not quite the same as JamPro, but it is very similar, and that is Building Stars Janitorial. Um, a fun one for people who might uh, enjoy getting out there and doing some business travel, and you can pick it up for quite cheap, is Dream Vacations. So I thought, Elizabeth, I mean, maybe we should be doing that because we're going everywhere anyway, right? Might save us some, some money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can just write it all off as business travel, right? We're exactly. Resorts. So, I mean, kind of fun to think about that. They, they already have 1,600 um, units in the U.S. Um, right along the lines with that is cruise planners. Um, that's always interesting. So they've got initial franchise fees, and here's where I'm talking about the differences, right? Their initial franchise fee goes from $695 up to $10,995, and then the initial investment on top of that is listed, call it $2,300 to $23,000. So again, if you want to look at the entrepreneur.com, it's called the Franchise Top 15 Under 25. And the last one that I thought was kind of just a fun one to talk about, um, well, actually, let's talk about two. One of is Leadership Management International. I think that is um, a lot. The reason I want to bring that one up, we talk a lot on the show with Karen um, Kinsey Ford of Dale Carnegie and how the workforce has changed so much today. And I think that if you are somebody who understands the need um, for being able to lead in new and different ways, going to a leadership um, type of franchise might just be something for you. It's leadership, it's organizational training and development. Um, so it's a very interesting one. I don't know um, all the details on that, but I'm sure you can find some more if you dig in. And last but not least, since COVID, everybody has these ginormous signs that say, happy birthday, Chad, right? And so uh, Card My Yard is one that was listed on there. And I have not, I've not studied that model yet, but I found it to be interesting that they've got one out there that seems to be doing quite well. And their initial, if I can find, okay, their initial franchise fee is $8,000 and their initial investment ranges between 9,800 and 18,000. So again, maybe this is something that's a side gig for you. Uh, maybe somebody just wants to dabble and check out franchising. These are low investments. Um, hopefully, they have good returns on them, but take a look again at, at uh, entrepreneur.com, franchising top 15 under 25,000. Yep, great information. And, you know, what what is it that causes them to have such a low entry point? What are some things that are common? That's a great question. Okay. Typically, you find um, low investment can be a, a multitude of things, but the number one driver is whether you're a service-based business or you're like a storefront, say, you have two totally different dynamics. If I'm a restaurant or if I'm a retail establishment versus I'm a consulting firm or I'm 
Card My Yard, right? So Card My Yard might have some storage space that they need, but they don't need storefronts. So they're not paying for prime real estate. Card My Yard might need two or three employees and take a Burger King who might need 45, 50, 60 plus, or Crumble Cookie who needs 60 right out, out of the gate, right? So those are things to consider. So when you're looking at, oh, I really want to open uh, my own business and I have $100,000 to spend. Okay, well, that plus your net worth, maybe that restaurant that you're dreaming of is a great idea, but maybe that's a little out of your price range. Unless, of course, you use some of the financing things that we've talked about before on the show, right? So I always tell people, you know, people are like, well, why do you want to know how much I have? Like, that seems so impersonable. Like, what do you just want to sell me? No, it helps us decide what's a realistic type of brand for you to be looking for. And just to your point, the biggest difference is, are you a service-based business with fewer employees or are you a brick and mortar with a significant uh, piece of real estate and more employees to take care of? Well, and that person kind of leads us into the second half of our conversation, too. Um, one of the things when we were down in West Palm, we went to the um, Franchise Selling Boot Camp, which is a lot of franchisors and, and friends of people who are in the business of selling franchises. And it was a boot camp to give you more tools, more ideas, some creativity, some updates on techniques and things. And you're the round table that you hosted was about how big a sandbox you want to play in. So coming from the conversation that you just ended in that vein, what it what difference does it make about how big of a sandbox do you play in? Meaning, is it a franchise system that's on its own? Is it uh, an emerging franchise? Is something more established? Is it under the umbrella of a bigger brand? Um, what is the impact of that when you're making a decision? Well, I think a lot of that has to do, I and mean, obviously when you're working with a consultant or a broker, it's really important to understand what it is that you're looking for, not only from a lifestyle perspective, but what is your background and what are you comfortable doing? Are you a, a manager of change? Do you like change or you kind of just, you just want to buy a system and you kind of want to stay there? Or are you somebody who like has a thousand ideas, you want to buy this system, you really like what they have and you just can't wait to share your perspective and how you can make the brand better, right? So. To me, when I talk to people, there are three different kind of categories. So the person who is a good agent of change, somebody who knows what they want, they've researched the brand, they've done the due diligence, um, that's not a bad place for somebody who is in a brand who's set to be acquired, okay? And we're going to talk with authority brands here in a few minutes, and they just have recently made, they've got a bunch of uh, acquisitions that they've made, just like Neighborly has made a bunch as well. And so... People who are in a, in a brand that is positioned to grow and potentially be acquired, which really should be everybody, you can't be closed-minded. You have to know that these things are going to change, right? Um, if you're looking for, if I've got somebody who's like, you know, I really love the franchising model, like I always wanted to do this for myself, but I never knew how to get started and I have all these great ideas, when they meet with an emerging brand, it's always interesting because they have this energy and often they have some really great ideas and so if i can match them with an emerging brand who is looking for some founding franchisees that's a great fit because often they can work together um, a new franchisee and an emerging brand does a great job physically at sharing 
um, ideas and thoughts and really helping the franchisor continue this road to growth. Um, I will give you an example of uh, somebody who really, you know, most people when you buy into a brand that my brand that I brought that I bought into was pretty stable. Um, and then we were acquired and then we were acquired again and again. <laughs> and so while we were all one brand kind of standalone with one other sister company, it was one mentality. It was one set of relationships you had, right? It was kind of one guiding, I'll say philosophy that you followed. But then as you're with these brands and you continue to be acquired, you have to be able to pivot. And we talked about the word pivot being so overplayed in, in uh, COVID, but it's really a critical skill set as a franchisee to have, because really if you were a founder and you wanted to make your company a franchise, your goal should be to be acquired, right? I want to get positioned by an umbrella company that's going to help me grow maybe a hundred times, a thousand times beyond what I'm capable of. So hopefully that makes sense. We talked about the pros and cons of both, what kinds of personalities um, play well in which sandbox, and uh, really the avatar of the perfect candidate for which size of franchise they're looking to buy and in what status. Yeah, and the bottom line really is life has changed. And so even if you get in at one <laughs> culture or, or situation, it may not always stay that way. So keeping an open mind is always good advice, right? Yeah, and I think that's, you know, that's true too. We'll, we'll certainly be joined here shortly and we'll talk further about that as you're, if, if you speak about it from the franchisee perspective or from the franchisor perspective, what kind of challenges come with that? Yeah. And with right. that, great information. I think we're ready to uh, introduce yeah. our guests, right? Absolutely. <laughs> and here they are. So from Authority Brands, we've got Michael Hutchins and Chad Harrison. Um, we're excited to have them here, have lots of things to talk about. But before we get started, why don't each of you give us a little bit of background on yourselves individually, and then you can pepper in some Authority Brands history as well. Michael, you want to start? Sure. Well, thank you for having us today. Uh, we've been looking forward to it. I have uh, been in franchising for over 20 years and kind of fell into it by accident. <laughs> I was, uh, you know, playing golf across the country. I'd moved from New Jersey to Arizona and ran into someone uh, that I had known from a past life, and they were now heading up a franchise development team. And you know, I was happy doing what I was doing, and uh, you know, but a year later, he's a good salesperson. I decided, let me give franchising, you know, a try. It sounded interesting, and uh, I really just fell in love with it. I love working with entrepreneurs, and just the satisfaction that comes from you know helping someone establish a business for themselves, and kind of been all the you know point to things, you know, where you've kind of had a small part in in helping them achieve their goals. And that was in the hospitality industry. And I spent well over a decade, you know, in, in the hospitality industry with, you know, some of, uh, you know, some large franchisors. But uh, I enjoy home services. And I've been with Authority Brands now uh, just under two years. And I manage the growth of their one-hour brand across the country. And, you know, uh, there's a lot of common denominators in franchising. You've got different industries, 
um, different price points, you know, owner operator, semi-absentee models, things like that. But really the process, you know, for that someone goes through to really understand that opportunity and ensure that they have all the information to make an educated decision is really the same. And I still enjoy that. I mean, I've, I've done well over a thousand franchise agreements and getting with someone new who's kind of looking at it for the first time. Uh, you know, I, I still just get just as excited as I did, you know, way back over 20 years ago. So that was, it ended up being the vehicle for me. I enjoy it, uh, you know, for a variety of, of different reasons and authority brands, you know, is, owns one hour, but we also own 12 other home services brands. And so there's the power of authority brands. And so the franchisees that I bring in under the one hour, they can grow by adding additional territories, but they can also add on our sister brands. I have right. owners that have added on an America's Swimming Pool, yeah. a Ben Franklin Plumbing, Mr. Sparky Electric, um, you know, all of them. So it's another growth strategy because you're really servicing additional needs from right. that same homeowner. Excellent. So. Chad, how about you? Because we're going to get deeper into that, Michael. Don't you worry. I like talking about the the bridge of the brand. Okay. But let's see who Chad is. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Um, you know, my my career franchise is much shorter. I, I support Mike, uh, but I've been with Authority Brands for two years now. And previous to that was restaurant management, so hospitality, but always on a sales side. But getting in with Michael and with Authority Brands and our one-hour heating and air, uh, just it is amazing how big this industry is, franchising and impressive, um, and what we can do for clients that come in are interested in business ownership and it's life changing and it's it's exciting. So awesome. Well that's great. We're so glad to have you both on the show today. And and I will say, you know, Michael, you kind of beat me right to the punch because you know, as we talked about the the size of the sandbox and such, you guys are both here to talk about one specific brand that we're going to talk about kind of all your brands lightly. Um what do you want to introduce the brand that you'd like to talk about today? Sure. Well, uh, one hour heating and air is obviously very dear to my heart. So I will, um, and that's where my area of expertise lies as far as the, you know, the authority brands umbrella. But we just got back from a kickoff meeting. I was up in Maryland. Chad was there all last week, you know, celebrating victories. One hour, we were, um, and we have a very talented, you know, group of people there. One hour, uh, was the number one brand last year with authority brands. Nice. And, you know, we did quite a few agreements. And I will tell you that the majority of the owners, new owners that we work with are entrepreneurs. So they're not from within this industry. And they like one hour because it's an essential service. They like mm -hmm. that it has a high return on investment, the relatively short ramp up period. And, as far as, you know, FDDs, we have a very strong item 19 with one hour. Last year, our number one owner did over $22 million in revenue. And system-wide, now, we're the market leader, the number one residential HVAC company in the country, franchising for 20 years, yeah. close to 400 locations. Average revenue per owner last year was $3.8 million. Wow. Now, I know you can't tell me exactly, probably. 
But ballpark, are they seeing margins between 20 and 40, 10 and 15? They're, I can't disclose that because of our FDD, the ways, but they are very healthy. Okay, good. They are very good. healthy, and when they make validation calls, which I absolutely um, uh, want them to do, mm-hmm. they will be able to see there's a common denominator when they talk to owners on what, what the margins are. But I will tell you that I had multiple owners last year who bought their first territory in the spring, and by Christmas they were adding their second territory. So the nice. model works, and they're able to reinvest and, and grow their businesses quite quickly. Well, so that's a really good question. So let's talk about, um, I want to talk about those territories, how you define a territory, and then where are some of the markets that you're looking to go into? Sure. So let me just start by touching on the initial investment because the territory fee is part of that. So as I mentioned, we support both owner-operator as well as semi-absentee. So an appropriate budget for an owner-operator, single territory, two vehicles, two technicians, leasing about a thousand square feet of warehouse space as well as you know ample funds for marketing and fifty thousand mm-hmm. in working capital for during their ramp up is a hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Not bad. And if they want to be semi absentee, um everything is the same, but they need to allocate an additional eighty five thousand for a solid lead tech. So that initial investment would be two hundred and thirty five thousand. Okay. And let's talk about that. So there are probably people out there listening today who says, hey, that's not bad. I, I could swing that. On top of those initial fees, how, what do you estimate they're going to need till they get break even? I mean, obviously, it sounds like they're having great success very quickly. Is there kind of a set amount that you say, hey, you really need to, to have this amount? Well, those budgets are what I call appropriate budgets. Within the FDD, we have a range of 91 to 201. You know, can you do it for 91? Yes, to accelerate growth and, you know, kind of, you know, I see historically, you know, how the owners get traction quicker. That's why I use those budgets, 150 and 235. That's got a year of local marketing built into it. For entrepreneurs who are not going to come to me with an HVAC license in their back pocket, that also secures them a license for their state. So everything right. that they would need is um, is taken to, into account within that budget. And as you mentioned, you know, this is really a demand, you know, business. Someone flips a switch, something isn't working properly. Yeah. They, they reach out to someone and, you know, we have a national call center, 24 hours, seven days a week. So anytime someone reaches out to a one hour location, they're either going to have that appointment scheduled or a, or a technician will be dispatched. So it's, it's almost immediate. We flip the switch and the trucks are out in their respective territory after 120 days and they're uh-huh. bringing in revenue, you know, immediately. And you market and you, and you, we talked about the semi absentee. Okay. So for people who maybe they have, maybe they don't want to live in the same area that they buy or whatever the case may be, maybe they've got a couple of different things going on. How many, what does that look like? What does that schedule look like for somebody who's semi-absentee? Okay. So semi-absentee, that is kind of broad. So I do have owners that, you know, like I have someone in Texas, they have about 10 territories doing well. They went and bought 10 in Phoenix and just duplicated the processes. But, you know, for semi-absentee and really, you know, entrepreneurs coming in, they're working, you know, I, I'll just share an example. I have someone, Greg, I'll just use his first name, in the IT industry, loves it. 
started one hour, April 2021, also simultaneously launched a fitness franchise. He was never going to leave the IT industry. He has no desire to get in a truck, but he wanted to be the CEO of a successful, you know, HVAC company. Right. So there's a time commitment as well as a financial investment. You can't just sign the lease and disappear. Yeah. So Greg, you know, he spent about five, six hours doing online tutorials. Um, Then he went out to Phoenix for five days, spent about three days on Zoom training, learning the software systems, et cetera. He's got it for that 120 days of onboarding. There's a weekly call, one hour, one day a week. Maybe towards the end, it's two calls a week when they get closer to opening. And then once the office is open, you know, for maybe the first nine months, go, I mean, you can go as often as you want, obviously you're the owner, but at least, you know, one day a month for that first nine months to get a solid foundation, to learn how to really understand the daily management reports, to have work with marketing and some of the coaches, to understand the KPIs for the brand. Mm -hmm. So Greg is putting in about 10 hours a week managing his manager now. He's got a great foundation. Started off single territory, two trucks. Within his first year, he was up to two territories and five trucks. And maybe it was after Thanksgiving, he reached out and he wants to add another two territories and just continue to to grow that business. So that would be, but I have have an owner that lives in Canada that has five territories down in Miami, you know, a manager down there that, you know, he's managing remotely. Uh-huh. We have specific training to, you know, set semi-absentee owners up um, in order to be successful. That's awesome. So, Chad, can you tell me, um, what do you consider to be the ideal candidate for you? Is it somebody that is from the trades, or do you prefer somebody who isn't, and you guys can kind of bring them on board and train them in your own way? And I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. We definitely have a, a mix. I mean, we have some uh, individuals that come with through with HVAC experience, but I mean, as as Michael and I have always discussed, I mean, it's for the franchise model. It's just a matter of following the system. Mm-hmm. Um, as he mentioned before, IT specialists, lawyers, um, entrepreneurs, investors, um, in some cases, multiple investors. So it is it is broad, and you know, we have the support and the means to get them up and running, um, no matter the background. Uh-huh. Anything to add, Michael? Yeah, I want to add, I mean, those were great points, but I will tell you that having a background in, in the industry is not a key attribute, you know, to success. In fact, yeah. you know, when I do a conversion, one of my first goals is to get that owner out of the truck and then working on yeah. the business. So entrepreneurs, they have no desire to get in the truck to start with. So I'm already ahead of the game. (laughs) And as Chad mentioned, you know, key attributes include the ability and desire to follow the system. It's already been replicated hundreds of times successfully across the country. And understanding that this business is relatively simple, the model, it's about building a team, creating a culture, having your technicians all aligned towards, you know, the same common goal. In order to increase revenue, you need to add technicians, add vehicles. Right. And, um, you know, and it, again, that's, and we help them grow smartly doing that. And our, our technicians actually transition to what we call profit sharing, which is our term for commission-based comp plan. So in right. essence, what one-hour owners are doing is they're providing 
their team with the ability to run their own business within a vehicle that they provide for them. Awesome. And the, the second part of the question that I had previously asked was, what territories are you looking to go in to now? Where are your sure. markets? Well, we have a, a great team, and, and, and Chad is part of that. Right now, we are focused on, well, I'm focused, you know, California. We hadn't really, <laughs> I hadn't gone west in a while, so now I'm out there. And we have three new locations out there. So California, we have a, a great um well-established location in Sacramento, but we are adding uh, Fresno, Torrance, and San Diego. So California, there's a lot of opportunity out there. Austin, Texas is another growth corridor, um, you know, for someone that wanted to have multiple territories. Chicago is another area that I'm, uh, (laughs) that I'm, uh, you know, focusing heavily on there. We are looking into Utah, is another area, Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah, I have 10 territories there sold, one owner, the same gentleman from Texas, but the whole western side of Phoenix, all the way out Goodyear, Peoria, wow. is available. And those, those people can't go without their air conditioning. No, they, they cannot. I lived mm-hmm. out there for 10 years, and yes. my first summer I thought, you know, I was living in a sauna, a free yeah, sauna. Just, you know? just like <laughs> Chicago. I mean, it's 20 degrees outside. Yeah. I can't not have heat. I mean, and I will, you know, uh, I have top five owners all across the country, whether it's Denver, Cincinnati, Pennsylvania, where I am in Florida, hot or cold climates, you know, they're both performing equally as well. The marketing is a little different, you know, maybe, you know, they may do more furnaces, et cetera, but the model and the business is just success, is just as successful, you know, anywhere within the country. Awesome. So let's talk about that because we were talking about marketing and in, in terms of marketing to employees <laughs> and hiring. Um, there's been a, a lot of discussion about shortages, and especially in the skills and the trades. Um, what are you doing? What are you seeing throughout one hour heating and air itself? And what are you doing to help mitigate any troubles that some of your franchisees may have in hiring? That's a great question, and it comes up all the time. You know, people that are not from within this industry, they don't speak the language, et cetera. We are very good at recruiting. Uh, one of the advantages that our owners have when they're recruiting technicians from within the industry, we'll start there. We have our own internal success academy. It's award-winning. It mirrors that of any accredited trade school. So technicians are classified level one, level two, depending on where they are in their careers, wherever they are, they can further their careers, go from level one to level two, increase their own personal earning power. And they can do that all through their owner one hour success academy. So they don't have to go back to an outside trade school any longer and spend money on tuition. Our owners also can recruit apprentice level employees, hire for attitude because they have success academy. You can take people with zero industry experience, and within 30 days, they can be a new maintenance tech for your company. Three, four months, a new service repair technician. And we're also very proactive in helping our owners. Last year, we spent $700,000 with the various military branches, placing veterans, veterans with transferable skills all across the country, You know, providing them with a second civilian career as well as adding to the strength and depth of our owners' teams. 
This partnership with the military and career plug has really paid off. Last month, December last year, I had 5,500 applications from veterans trained up in the military and HVAC looking wow. for a job. So all those locations that we opened last year that got us up on the, the podium when we were up in corporate, I did not have one location that did not have their team recruited and trained up and ready to go at the end of their 120 days. Wow, that's, that's an amazing feat. I mean, that, you deserve accolades for that, especially when you're talking about skills and trades. I mean, that's, that's a, a tough thing to do. It was, it's, it was a great initiative. Um, and they, they, they put a lot of thought into it and they executed it extremely well. And it's really paid off for, for veterans that have found a home with one hour yeah. and our owners who have been able to, you know, add top talent to their team. So it really worked out terrific. So let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, I, I see this up talking about what it's like for a franchisee to be a part of an umbrella brand. But what about from a franchisor perspective, when you go out and you acquire brands, what kinds of things do you all need to do to get that brand ready or get ready for that brand, so to speak, and to really kind of ease the transition for the, the management team or ownership team that's in place to bring them under your new company? Sure. Um, well, we have broken down our, you know, authority brands into kind of four smaller um, categories or silos. So one hour falls under the essential services. So we've got, you know, HVAC, plumbing, electric, and restoration. Then we also have um, emerging brands. So they have, you know, a separate silo, indoor and outdoor. So okay. we've kind of broken them down into, you know, smaller uh, subcategories. Uh -huh. So we, you know, like we acquired Monster Tree Service, well-established, you know, um, Junk Luggers, our, our latest, you know, has quite a few, you know, dots on the map. Um, Woofies, which you had mentioned, you know, yeah. they had one corporate location, but a great concept. And, and that's where Authority Brands really excels is that you can take, it takes money to be, to franchise. It's not, it's, no. it's, it's expensive, you know, to do it properly to have a proper FDD, to have all of the support systems in place, software systems, all the things that you need to have that someone, you know, is paying for when they join a system. Our owners, all of them, like we benefit from being part of Authority Brands, one-hour owners, because of the collective purchasing power. Right. You know, we have preferred pricing in place, but it's, it's, it's established that pricing because we're part of one and a half billion dollars of, of annual spend. So right. vehicles, whether it's a pool company or, you know, um, woofies, they all need vehicles. And so, yeah. you know, collectively all of our owners, you know, really drive, it drives greater profitability for all of our owners being part of authority brands. Yeah. I think that's a really good point that a lot of people, don't necessarily think about and certainly when I'm talking about matching brands with people and so we get into the nitty-gritty and you're doing a break-even analysis or you're talking about some of the financials we tend to skip past that benefit of being a part of the bigger sandbox right absolutely the emerging brands they come in and you know uh, you know whether we redo their franchise disclosure document but it be, can be done the proper way and it can be done quicker because you know they have a lot of experience with that they know 
you know, what type of training should be provided. Marketing. We do the marketing for a lot of our brands. So, you know, you have, um, you get plugged into a system where the marketing machine is already there, you know, contacting homeowners. So now you're just adding another brand, but really, you know, you're reaching out to the same consumer. So that just gets done that much more quickly and more cost effective. So again, just another benefit. Um, in terms of people who are averse to change, <laughs> um, how, when you acquire a new brand, um, do you feed them into your culture or adopt some of their culture or make that transition as, as painless as you possibly can while still doing the things that need to get done? And, and, and even bigger than that, what, how would you describe the culture of the Authority brand? Well, we are very franchisee-friendly. I mean, that is our culture. I mean, our core values are, you know, loyalty, respect, you know, and we really, um, it's our employees, it's our franchisees, really adhere to those, you know, core values. And when you look at cultures are important, and every brand has its own culture. You know, the franchisees, that's part of the reason some people are attracted to a certain brand because, you know, they fit in with that culture. Some some brands, you have to be a little more salesy. Some, you do not. Some, you cannot be semi-absentee. You know, you have to be owner-operator. Whatever it may be, you know, there is a culture for a brand. But when we acquire a new brand, we look at how it's going to fit into, you know, the other brands that we already have. Like, we want it to complement one another. So, you know, there's you know, when we were looking at restoration companies to acquire, there were multiple to select from. And, you know, we wanted to have a strong platform, obviously, but then looking at, you know, the company itself and their culture, how are they going to align with our existing culture, you know, bringing them in. So, you know, we look for a good fit, you know, nothing is ever perfect and there's a learning curve, but we have, you know, a pretty well-established, especially with the emerging brands, you know, someone's coming in and now, you know, they've got to kind of let go and, and, you know, it's like, it's like if you're going to get a babysitter for the first time and now Mm -hmm. you've got, you know, okay, someone else, I'm going to, you know, give you responsibility for my child. But, you know, they realize that, you know, they no longer own their business. Like now they're in there and they're really in an operations role and we have a transition. There's a training, you know, to go through to help people make that Some people adjust a little easier than others, but ultimately they do adjust. But we have kind of a a transition plan to, because we know people are kind of emotionally tied to their business even after the transaction, you know, Mm -hmm. closes. Oh, yeah. To assist assist with that and also, you know, reaching out to the existing franchisees and, you know, introducing, you know, whatever, maybe the marketing team or, or the support staff and, and we really welcome them in, and, and it's gone smoothly. I mean, we acquired, you know, what, maybe five brands last year, yeah. and they've all, we've all added, you know, new dots to to every one of them, you know, and they're actually growing quite, you know, quite aggressively with quality franchisees and and great markets. Well, let's talk about that. Let's, you know, I, I'm so glad that you guys came on. But I know that um, some of your partners may be like, hey, you didn't even give us a shout out, right? So do one of you or both of you want to kind of collectively talk about the different brands that you have out there? 
Sure. Well, Chad, don't let me forget any, but we've, we've got a talented team and every one of our brands has, you know, a counterpart for myself. You've got the list. Yeah. We've got, let's see here. So we've got, you know, the cleaning authority. We have mosquito squad. We have America swimming pool, um, dry medic restoration, uh, Mr. Sparky, Ben Franklin, home watch caregivers, uh, duty calls, woofies, monster tree, junk luggers. Have I color roll anyone? painting? There color you roll go. painting. Thank you, thank you, Chad. <laughs> I think you did my rescue. Yeah. I have checked them all off. Yes, and yeah. then obviously we have one hour. Yes, Tom would have if I would have forgotten his baby, he would have been <laughs> would have been upset. Yes, color world painting, a great concept. I'll tell you, they um. It's really uh well I would I don't want to steal their thunder. They'll probably be invited on, you know, one day, but uh another this is terrific an open concept. invitation. I, I challenge you now to see who can do a better job than you two have done on, on presenting one hour. Who we wants set the bar time? high, so we, we like to have them, you know, to come over here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean I think it you know, I it's interesting because I'm from an essential services category as well. And I happen to love essential services. I think it's that you just can't go wrong unless you have bad service and bad employees, right? And so I always look at as an owner, the employees are my direct customer and then my customers are also my customers, but through my employees, right? And so I think that's really important. And it sounds like you guys are doing all the right things. I look at one hour heating and air and I'm like, huh, my absentee. Well, that sounds kind of interesting. So now I got to dig into your FDD and see what I think about it because it's actually very, very. Um, it's not a sexy brand, right? Cleaning's not sexy. No, really. None of the essential services are 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 really. You know, I had someone that was looking at Crumble Cookie, and they decided that one hour was going to be their vehicle. They yeah. They just they when they understood the business model. I will tell you last year, and Chad kind of touched on this, and it's. I had a NASCAR pilot come on, someone in med school. Chad mentioned attorneys, engineers, yeah. um, IT. Women. Women love yeah, one hour. Yeah. I'm actually a member of women in HVACR, and I'll be speaking in Atlanta next month. We had Maisha is in uh, Detroit. Swati is going to open up and take over the entire Cape Cod, the peninsula there. Hi. She had her own business um, before one hour. Uh, as an Amazon uh, distributor. And she was, you know, looking at other concepts and then yeah. uh, came across through a franchise broker, you know, to me and just, you know, I was like, what do you do with your team now? And she's like, well, we have bowling nights. I said, you get it. You understand how to create exactly. a culture and build a team. It's the same thing, you know, mm-hmm. with, with one hour. And then we went on some Zoom meetings with women in HBACR and you know, she saw women there with, you know, business suits and Louis Vuitton purses. And she realized, I, you know, Yay. I'm not in a truck. I'm not going to be. <laughs> but there's misconceptions. But it really, yeah. again, like you were saying, essential services, you know, it's been crazy times. But uh, they really got through the pandemic where other yeah. industries did not fare as well. The essential yeah. services increased. I mean, we went, we were up 30% year over year the last few years. Nice. A lot of the reasons is, you know, people are home more, they were taking care yeah. of things that they were putting off, all those types of things. But yeah. it's a necessity. People are not going to go, most people anyway, 
don't want to go without heat for themselves, their family mm-hmm. in the winter or, or something like that. And um, certainly not if you live in an extreme temperature, that's for darn. No, sure. you do that's not. That's that, right. That would not, that would not no. work for me. So, um, well, I really appreciate both of you guys coming on and I, I do look forward to seeing some of the other brands come on. Wolfie's is the one that I told you that I've been watching her. Wolfie's, Jamie would love to come on here and talk about Wolfie. She does a great job. Uh, she loves animals. She loves her clients. And, okay, and Jamie, she, you hear that, right? Like they're I will, I will actually send a message to her as soon as we're finished that she should be on the next uh, Pillars of Franchising, you know, get herself on here. Yeah, I mean, there's just so many cool models out there, and you guys are so so lucky to be with an umbrella brand that is really starting to pull more and more companies in and provide more and more opportunity for people out there who really want to get out of the rat race and own their own piece of the American dream and, you know, set their own path. So I thank both of you for coming on. Please tell us, where do we find you? Where do our listeners find you if they'd like to speak with you? Sure, Chad, do you want to give your contact information? Yeah, absolutely. And I know as far as the website, onehourheatingandair.com and a franchise, you can certainly access that. It'll come right to me, the messaging. Um, and then, of course, always my contact number, 410-910-9387. Excellent. Yeah, and Chad's really our primary point of contact. So he will, if someone was interested, he will let you know if the territory is available and yeah. give you some additional insight, you know, about the brand. And then, um, and then set up a call for, for myself to speak with, with that person. So please feel free to reach out to Chad. We would love to, to talk to you about one hour, educate you on franchising in general. Yeah. One hour may not be the right fit for you, um, yeah. but we can determine that together. And we would, we would love to help you get, your, uh, get you on your way to, to owning your own business. Well, that's awesome. Again, you guys have been great. We look forward to having you and your other brands on again. And hopefully we'll see you out at the IFA show in February. And uh, yeah, we look forward to helping you. And certainly I am very happy to to, uh, present your brand to anybody that I'm working with as well. So thank you both again for your time. Thank you very much for having us. Thank you. What are the top three reasons that you should tune in to Felicia Franchising? One, franchise advice from a million dollar mentoring team. And two, how about interviews from franchise professionals and influencers? And number three, how about getting some professional tips on buying, growing, and exiting your franchise? Join us on Felicia Franchising to learn about the secrets of franchising success. You can find us at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time, wherever you listen. Well, he's not lying. Your dream certainly does start here. And uh, here at Pillars of Franchising, we would like to extend a huge thank you to our team at Authority Brands, both um, Chad and Michael, for coming on the show today. And uh, obviously, for all of the support team that helps us get to where we're going every show that we do. Uh, thank you to, um, oops, I'm sorry, my screen popped up there on me. Thank you to um, Elizabeth and Fred, our technical producers and content producer. Uh, and unfortunately, the rest of our team is out doing other things, getting uh, ready for next week's show. 
So again, please join us next week on Pillars of Franchising, 4 p.m. Central Standard Time on Thursday. We are your resource for franchising success. This has been yet another episode of Pillars of Franchising. And don't forget, again, the dream starts here. Have a great week. Build it up, 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 build it up